What up, Oasis people? Wow. What up? Oh, hey. So you just missed it, but or maybe Dylan will leave it in. I never can trust this guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's putting in all the behind the scenes in front of the scenes. But I always the come scenes. into the podcast because I eat lunch and I, I kind of like to chew some gum after lunch because you never know, you know. And so I always come into the podcast and we record this at about one in the afternoon. And, and so back here you can see our plant. We also it sits on top of what I call my gum table, and Jaina <laughs> hates that. It's gross. Because but I don't. I don't. I don't. Read you put it. the gum on the table. Yeah, but it's like no, nothing else goes there. But that's still so, gross. It's better than swallowing it. Mm. I don't know. You guys would rather have me swallow it. You know, yeah. you care more about yeah. the table than my personal health. Yeah. The gum ever? <laughs> I don't think gum's no, ever killed I'm, nobody. I, I'm hurt. Yeah, it really it, like clogs it's not up all great the things. For you, but they say it takes like seven years for a piece of is gum. Is that really? I thought that was debunked. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Hard to believe. I heard that once, and I just like pocketed <laughs> it, and I was like, I'm never gonna swallow another piece of gum again. <clears throat> all right, we're talking about our prayer lives, and as we talk about those things, the first question we'll ask is, what is your favorite thing to talk about? Oh, you I didn't pick- think long enough about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, mine's super easy. Mine's creativity. I love it. It's something that I'm so passionate mm-hmm. about, and I will talk your ear off about it and why I think it is so important. And yeah. So Dylan likes to go. paint. That is not it. <laughs> no, nope. that's not nope. what he said. <laughs> the mind hears what it wants. Yikes. Uh, what about for me? If I could talk about anything, mm-hmm. I always find talking about TV shows is fun. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like. Usually most people, unless they're like super dedicated, they watch some TV. Yeah. So like a good question. And I'm always like looking for more TV shows to watch with Al or TV shows to watch on my own or, you know, like you're always just, I'm always looking for things. And I like Mm -hmm. talking about the things that I really liked and the ones that I really hated, Hmm. you know, because the things you didn't like are just as fun to talk about as the things you did like. So it's like both ends of the spectrum. You can just jump in and start talking TV shows or movies or people don't usually like to talk books. Not quite as much. No. No. That's probably what I would say. Media. Media. That's good. Entertainment. (laughs) There you go. I don't know if I have like one particular thing that I like to talk about all the time that like comes up a lot, but I could sit and talk with you a long time about the Enneagram. Okay. That's probably the thing I feel like I'm like have a lot of knowledge on that I could Mm -hmm. sit and have a deep conversation about. Do you like talking about it? Yeah. uh, With the right people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So the reason we're doing this podcast, really, it comes down to we've had some podcasts in the past on like just general prayer or Mm -hmm. like praying the scriptures. We've given some tools or just some techniques. We wanted to come to this one and just kind of give our own personal journeys with prayer. Just talk about what it's looked like for us to start praying, to grow in praying, what it looks like for us to pray now, those kind of things. Because I've just had some conversations over the last, I don't know, couple months where people are just intrigued by how do we pray? You know, and it's best learned through practice. So we might as well share some of our own practice. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So the first question is this. When you first started praying, whether that was when you first became a Christian, prior to becoming a Christian, that's a joke, uh, <laughs> or like as you learned that prayer was important, what was like some of the struggles that you had when you first were trying to learn to pray? Oh. Go for it. <laughs> uh, praying the shopping list. Okay. So like going to God, like he's a genius, like, hey, do this, give me this, uh, show me this, do this for this person. And mm-hmm. sounds great. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> and, and where did you learn that that was maybe not the best way to pray? Um, when I learned that, that prayer is supposed to be a conversation, mm. that it's not supposed to be, hey, let me dump on you real quick and just like, <laughs> like give you all of my stuff. Yeah. And like not 
receive from that, that prayer is supposed to be like a, a give and a take. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's good. Shopping list prayers. Yep. That'll be, that'll be hard. And, and God wants to hear, you know, yeah. your requests well, you, and yeah. your needs, but there's more to prayer than that. He wants to also speak into it as well. That's good. Give some space for that. Yeah. Learning how to yeah. listen in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. Yeah. What's another one? Um, for me, just in general, as a human being, I don't love talking. <laughs> <laughs> so you hated so, the initial question. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Um, but I am usually very slow to speak, and I like to think out what I want to mm. say before. So even sometimes on the podcast, this is hard for me. But it's good. It's a good challenge. So I think that when... I was trying to like learn how to pray or make that a practice. I struggled with just like even knowing what to say yeah, mm-hmm. um, or getting too caught up in wanting the words that I speak to be too eloquent. So mm. I really struggled with praying out loud because I was super harsh on myself and thought I had to be a certain way. Yeah. Um, and if I just didn't have the right words, then I just didn't, mm-hmm. which usually meant that I didn't really try. <laughs> <laughs> so what, time. what helped yeah. you? jump over that hurdle or what What help has helped yeah. you develop in that? Um, honestly, <laughs> just being forced to pray out loud. Mm. Um, being a worship leader, I felt like I didn't have the option to not pray out loud when I was even early on as a worship leader. And so it was like, well, you just got to do it. So a lot of it was like stumbling over my words and letting my dyslexia show up a little bit mm-hmm. and being okay with it not being the most eloquent and well thought out, um, but just doing it practice you think it was just consistency over time yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big part of it yeah and what what role do you feel like you learned how to pray in front of others Mm. because i think praying out loud is part of the difficulty but we'd probably be fine praying out loud to ourselves it's the fact that we got to pray out loud and other people are listening yeah you know i think actually for me it wasn't necessarily other people like i've i've never been afraid to pray out loud in front of other people it was yeah. just in general i didn't want to pray out loud so i didn't i didn't pray out loud oh, okay. yeah, too yeah. Much, like when i was by myself yeah. either i struggled even to pray internally sometimes because i still wanted my words to be eloquent and mm-hmm. like good grammar and all these you know <laughs> things so that wasn't for me necessarily okay. the driving force behind it yeah i think but, i could probably speak from the yeah, other side ahead. of that yeah. of like that i didn't want to pray in front of people because first I wanted to not say the wrong thing theologically hmm. that okay. I didn't want to yeah. mess up and like pray Nervous something to look like a heretic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just immediately get kicked out of the church. Like, um, daddy God. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody just looks at him and is like, come on, man. What was um, but yeah. And also just like, just fear of people and just pride in myself of like knowing that like, if I would stumble over my words, which I am very prone to doing mm. that, like people automatically judge me. Or, you know, that like, if I didn't say things fancy enough or use the right words or, you know, if I wasn't using all the big words that we like to use, then like, it wasn't good enough for, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How do you feel like you overcame it? Or how do you feel like you've been overcoming it? I think because we're all on that journey of trying to, it took, it took me long enough of like being in such fear of that and hating that, Mm. that it was super aggressive, but I just had to say, screw it, I don't care. Mm. Like, I literally just said, I don't care what people think anymore. And, like, I had struggled with social anxiety all my life. Mm. Um, and so it had taken a long time. And it was, like, years and years and years and years and years of, like, me struggling with that. Where it's just like, you know what? Like, I'm so sick of this. Like, I really just don't care anymore. Where, like, now because of that, like, I've been able to see who... I am and like I can be myself in front of a group of people mm. like the other mm. night at Oasis I was literally standing up stage like after 
service like jamming out like dancing <laughs> it's like i would have never done that but yeah. it's like in those moments because like i've been able to lay that down mm-hmm. like now i can confidently go and pray in front of people so yeah some yeah. of it's like an identity thing mm-hmm. yeah and some of it's just a mindset thing mm-hmm. yeah. you know you had to make this decision that i'm not gonna think that negative thought anymore mm-hmm. and you and you probably still have to come mm-hmm. back to that like okay no it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah yeah for me both of those are you gonna go i was just go gonna ahead. add i was gonna say i've I've felt that too in times and when I stop now and think I never judge the person that's praying out loud that it's clear that they're new in faith and they don't know exactly the right things to say. But I do feel a little bit judgmental towards the people who try to say things that they don't know what they're Mm -hmm. saying. If that makes sense, who try to sound more spiritual and like they know all the things. It's like you can tell when that's disingenuous and fake, Mm. but the people who are just praying out of who they are and may not have all the right words and may Mm -hmm. trip up and like, it's authentic yeah. and that's way more beautiful. Yeah. So, and that for me has been my answer to that question. So I, I've struggled with both, struggled with both of those when I first was early on in praying, it was hard for me to pray out loud and it was hard for me to pray in front of people. And I found that the, and it took me a long period of time, but it found, I found that the best prayers I prayed in front of people were the ones where I forgot I was praying in front of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I pray best when I'm just talking to God, mm-hmm. when I just get into the simplicity and like, if I can forget or, or remove the idea that there are other people in the room, I, that's going to be my best prayer anyway. Yep. Yeah. So like, I get on, I'll get nervous as the pastor and you want to pray <laughs> nice and you want, or like you, I, even just as a Christian, when you were praying in front of a group, you just, you wanted to make it sound nice and you wanted mm-hmm. people to think you knew what you were doing and like, yeah. And I was sabotaging myself by yeah. by thinking about those things mm-hmm. instead of just praying. Yeah. Like if I just got out of my head and just, hey, God, I'm talking to you. I'm praying mm-hmm. to you. Like that is the truest form of prayer. And it was my best form of prayer. Yeah. So that's what helped me. Same. Otherwise, mm-hmm. praying out loud, I heard this thing when I was in high school that super helped me. And someone was talking about how they learned to pray out loud in front of people. And the best way they did it was praying out loud by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they started to pray out loud all the time whether it was in their car, whether it was before they were going to bed, whether it was before they were going to meals, when they were alone, when they were with people, they just would always be praying out loud. And so when when, when it came to those moments where they're in a group or in a leading a group, a part of a group leading like in, in a moment of ministry and they were required to pray out loud, it wasn't like the first time yeah. they were trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was part of the practice yeah. thing, but you had developed a rhythm where I'm, I know what it's like for me to articulate my thoughts in prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's part of the struggles. We're taught sometimes that prayer is an internal task. Mm -hmm. It's something that happens in our mind. And so we live our prayer lives, not articulating the things we're praying about. And so then we get to those moments and we're like, oh, this is fresh. (laughs) This is brand new. Like I don't even know how to speak in these moments, Mm -hmm. but you know how to pray. You just didn't know how to formulate it out. So start to formulate those thoughts in the secret place, just Mm -hmm. you and God. Like right now, the way I, way I do it is like, I pray with my wife, the two of us will pray together. And then I leave the room because she's going to try to go to bed and I don't want to spend the next 20 minutes praying out loud <laughs> next to her laying in bed. So I need to actually leave the room. But yeah. I know if I leave praying out loud, that's actually a, a better and a healthier practice for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like when I was growing up, I had thought like you only just like prayed inside your head mm. unless you were in a group, like with a group of people and like. It wasn't until like I came to Oasis that I figured out, wait, like you can pray out loud on your own. <laughs> yeah. Like that was so weird to me. Yeah. And so like we save up all this like prayer like inside of us and then we come and pray in front of people, whether that's, you know, like pre-service at Oasis or, you know, a small group or wherever it may be. And then it's like now we're just trying to shove like the internal out when it's like we could just be flowing out of what's mm. already been. Yeah. Yeah. 
And another part of praying out loud that has helped me is I often found trying to pray in my head was distracting. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Because we do all of our life, like all of our thoughts are up there. Like it, you can't sort out that which is prayer and that which is thought. Like for me, it was like I was praying and all of a sudden it was like, oh, what's for dinner tonight? And it was just like right yep. in the same. It, it honestly, the analogy for me is like prayer in my own head is like trying to throw a bucket of water to make a splash in a stream. Like this, <laughs> the stream is going. The thoughts are rolling 100% of the time, all the time. Like my mind never stops. And so for me, it was so hard to like tune out that which was my mind mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and step into this prayer when it was just in my head. But when I started to pray out loud, I was able to better distinguish, okay, now I'm praying and now I'm just thinking. And and it's not terrible if those two can overlap because you Mm want to pray out of the things you're thinking about, the things that that are on your mind. But to articulate and to set aside, no, this is a moment of prayer where I'm not trying to be distracted by what's for supper or that homework Mm -hmm. assignment I have to do or the task at work. Like I am praying now and and speaking that separated that for me. Yeah. What's what's other struggles that we went through trying to learn how to pray. Sometimes you just don't know how to, you don't know what Mm -hmm. words to say. We've kind of already talked about that or what to pray for. It can be hard, especially early on. You're like, what does God actually want to know? Like, Mm -hmm. does he care that my cat is sick? Like, (laughs) you know, like what's really important to him. And so what, what should I bring or not knowing exactly how to Mm -hmm. even begin? Where do you feel like you've landed or or found Mm -hmm. fruit balancing those questions? how to pray and what to pray for. I think, I mean, God cares what's on our hearts and, and, and what matters to us. So if it may seem simple or trivial, but it bothers you or it upsets you or you're mm. happy about it, joyful about it, God wants to hear about mm. it. And so maybe you don't need to spend an hour praying about <laughs> your cat that's sick. I don't yeah, know, yeah. maybe you do. Yeah. Maybe it's really, really got you down. But <laughs> but God cares enough to know that that's something that hurts your heart and so he'd want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. You thought, any thoughts? Yeah, I think that like when we're young, like I've especially seen this like working with kids like in the church, mm-hmm. like they always pray for the, some of the super little things that mm-hmm. like as an older person, I think it's like, that's kind of dumb, <laughs> which is like <laughs> really bad, honestly. It's we like, all thought it. When yeah, heard my dog just praying. had babies. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll pray about it. Yeah. Um, but then, like, as we get older, then we start to see we like expect more mature stuff to pray for, and then it's like, well, then we've let go of the little things, and like we're only praying for like the really, 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 really mm-hmm. big things. So we've moved like, away from childlike faith. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, like, working with these kids over. I worked with them for like uh, a year and a half mm-hmm. and like that like changed my faith and like my understanding of prayer. It's like, no, God rejoices in those little things. It's like, yeah, like <clears throat> there's a book, I think it was Celebration of Discipline. Okay. Um, where he said like, yes, it's, it's great to pray for um, like the, the, like the restoration cancer, of limbs or like yeah, the, the huge stuff, but take it back to like a headache. Yeah. We're like, I get headaches all the time. And so like, I continually like always pray for my headaches mm. and like, I've seen fruit in that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I can usually be pretty like confident, like that if I pray for a headache, like it will go away. Mm. Um, but you start with the small stuff yeah, to see the yeah. movement of God, to build your faith, to, to pray for some of the exactly. bigger things. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. good. And like, I think what we're all saying is, is the small things to the big things are what you pray about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you pray about everything. Yeah. That's, yep. that's the beauty of prayer. And, the imagery, we talked about it two weeks ago at Oasis, is just you have a new father. 
mm-hmm. and anything you would bring to an earthly father, a good earthly father, like you can bring to your heavenly father. Like if you have a headache or, or an issue, like you, you can bring that to, you would bring that to your parent, like mm-hmm. as a, as a kid you would, or if you had a big need and like you needed God, your father to provide, like you can bring that to God. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of the beauty. Um, yeah. How to pray. That's kind of really at its simplicity as you've, you've said it, it's, it's conversational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there is, so you can look up, uh, the Sermon on the Mount and see Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray and use that template because there's some really good, uh, aspects and themes of how he walks through prayer, like what it looks like to come to God and just express reverence to start. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a beautiful start of prayer. You know, even if you're not praying exactly the Lord's prayer, it, to start by recognizing who you're talking to is powerful, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, and we skip that. That's because we go straight to the laundry list. We start to, to list out the things. Maybe we even start in gratitude, but we start, we're, we're, we're praying to a God we have yet to set our hearts and our minds towards. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what the Lord's prayer is doing. Then you bring in some of the submission of prayer over the things. Then you bring in some of your daily needs. Then you bring in some of your forgiveness and your confession. So there's these aspects you see in the Lord's prayer that can be really beautiful in teaching you how to pray. So as you sit and you're trying to figure it out, use that as a template, use that as a model, um, have conversation with God, sit mm-hmm. and talk to him, not in a, the laundry list kind yeah. of way, but in a way that you, you want to hear from him and you want to just bring him your heart. Yeah. One, one of the most powerful ways that like, I think, and I've of course have yet to experience, but I'm excited to experience like thinking of like when I'm older and I have kids, like how would I want my kids to talk to me? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good, man. Like, mm-hmm if my kid is hurting and needs something, I want them to come talk to me. Like I want them to tell me about it. Like, even if it's the most little thing, like I want to come help them in it. Yeah. You want to fix the paper cut. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't also just want the hard parts. No. You know, when your kid finds something that's exciting, one of the joys, and none of us are parents, but one of the joys of seeing a kid excited brings you joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's the beauty of your heavenly father is he wants the happy moments Mm -hmm. too. That's cool. Anybody starting out in prayer thought prayer was just so boring. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Where it's like, well, you don't really know how to pray. You don't know what to pray about. People are telling you you have to pray, and you're like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, what? This is terrible. <laughs> how do we overcome some of that? Had to do it. <laughs> A little bit. I think for me, I had really great examples of people who <clears throat> prayed with joy and, mm. and passion, um, and that was encouraging to me. Yeah. So maybe get around people who pray well. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's Foster too. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, well, I mean, that's one of the examples yeah, yeah. is he talks about, he says, just like, if you want to learn to pray, find someone who knows how and mm-hmm. model their, like ask to be invited into that. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, any thoughts for you? Just how you overcame some of the boring monotony hardship that came with starting prayer. I think it was, I just had to like, root myself in consistency with it and then find the joy through it that it took a while for me to like really enjoy it where there, you know, there had to be a couple of times where like I could walk away saying like, man, that was really, really good. And I really, really enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. Um, Where then it was like, all right, this is what I want to come back to. So yeah, that's good. And Mm -hmm. prayer is like a muscle. Yeah. You know, and so when you're trying to start lifting weights or, or exercising or working out, like the first couple of times you do it, it's going to feel hard. Mm-hmm. It's going you're going to feel weak. You're going to feel like you're not enjoying it. But it's through the consistency of building the muscle and building the endurance where you start to find the joy, where you're picking up heavier weights or you're running longer miles and you're actually starting to find some of the fruit of your labor. That's kind of what prayer is mm-hmm. like. You know, like when you first come to it, it's going to be hard. I, mm-hmm. I've used this statement before, but when it comes to pray, you should prayer. You should pray until you're praying. Like mm-hmm. there's this 
limbering up of the muscles where if we only give ourselves 30 seconds to pray, sometimes that 30 seconds feels wasteful. But if you give yourself five minutes to pray and then you spend the first 30 seconds doing all the just like the limbering, you know, getting the words out there, starting to like loosen up the mind and, and, and start articulating your thoughts, you can get to this place where your soul is actually slowed down enough and you're starting to actually step into a, a posture and of prayer, but mm-hmm. you have to start somewhere. Like you're going to come into it cold, but you need to warm up and, and get into prayer where you're actually starting to feel like you're moving alongside the spirit as you're mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. But it's hard because you got to get over that hump of just starting. Yeah. Otherwise, theologically, mm-hmm. that's a huge part of learning that prayer is not boring yeah. when you understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I first started praying, I didn't understand the depth. Yeah. I didn't yeah. understand the power. And so I just saw it as another Christian task I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And if it was just a task on the list, there wasn't fruit in it. But when I recognized prayer is this conversation, this communion with God, where he, as our heavenly father, hears our prayers and moves on our behalf and on behalf of the people we pray for, that changed everything. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's really nothing more exciting I can do yeah. than talk to God, yeah. which that's awesome. So good. Uh, let's jump into maybe not things that we've struggled with in the past, but some things that we're still wrestling with. Mm. Like prayer is this journey. It is this lim- this strengthening of the the faith muscle, this strengthening of the activity. And so, we are not perfect prayers by no means. There is no probably perfect prayer besides Jesus, who was in perfect communion with his Father. So, how are you currently wrestling with prayer, and what are some of the hardships you're still looking to overcome? You go first. Let me go. Um, I mean, mine's kind of going back to your your bucket in the stream of oh, yeah. like. I still fight with my mind all of the time. Um, so whether it comes to like even just thinking ahead of what I want to pray yeah, and then forgetting what the exact words I was saying. So it's like, I'm already thinking like two sentences ahead and then I get lost in connection. And um, so yeah, that has been really hard. Have you found anything that's helped you in that? I think, yeah, just even what you said with just okay. talking, like yeah. even though I hate talking, but it, it helps. And I think even you and I, we've had this conversation just about presence. Yeah. You know, look, look what it looks like to be present in prayer because mm-hmm. we're not writing the outline or the, the we're not writing the script two sentences ahead. We're trying to pray in the moment of what God and the Spirit yeah. is doing in us. That's good. Jana, yeah. what about you? I think that for me, uh, recently I've been struggling to realize that prayer is restful mm. um, and, and slipped back into seeing it as a task that needs to get done. Yeah. Um, and forgetting that, like, I'll get caught up, okay, this is my list of what needs to get done. And yep. like, okay, I need to prioritize this, this, and this. And forgetting that prayer needs to be at the top of that mm-hmm. um, and needs to be part of that. Um, and seeing it more as, like, that chore of, like, okay, now I need to sit down and pray. And, yeah. Oh, but I need to get back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been struggling with that. Let's go back to that because I don't think most people see prayer as restful. Mm. So what does that mean yeah. for you, that prayer is restful? Oh gosh, great question. Um, I think when it doesn't feel like a task, when it feels like talking mm-hmm. with um, a heavenly Father, and and usually that comes down to where's my heart, where's my mind when I start, mm-hmm. and how do I prep for it. Um, so if it's just a t- check off the box and okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. for me that's not a restful moment. It's to say okay, like reflecting on who God is and and what He's done, and thankfulness and gratitude in that, and then bringing my needs, but then also leaving space for him to speak into that. Yeah, so good. For for me, that's the same thing. I, I forget that prayer is restful, and it's meant to be this place not just of output but of input, mm-hmm. right? 
right. We start mm-hmm. to pour out our words and we hope that God hears us, but we don't recognize that he might be trying to speak back to us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and even through the articulation of our thoughts, he might be trying to give us something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a quote on my desk and I forgot to run up there and look at it and write it down. But the first line of it goes, prayer is the the means by which I receive everything that I need. Mm-hmm. And that's always struck me because like, as a Christian, I, I so often want to get to the scripture and I want to get into the Bible and I want to read the Devo and I want to like meet with the people and I want to write the sermon and I want to listen to the podcast and I want to read the book. And like, I, I want to be in all these awesome practices. I want to fast. I want to study. I want to be silent. I want like, mm-hmm. and all of those things are so beautiful, but that quote just comes back and it's like the prayers, prayers, the means by which I receive everything that I need, mm-hmm. that if we will be people who learn how to pray God will bless us in an abundance. He will provide for every other thing. And and your prayer will lead you into everything else. Like if you pray, you will be led to read the scripture. If you pray, you will be led to fast. Like those things go hand in hand. Like Mm -hmm. they don't get thrown off to the side just because you're devoted to prayer. But prayer is the, it's the core, the core of that. It's the nucleus that drives the whole Christian life. Uh, And it's hard to remember that. Mm -hmm. I think too, part of what's helped me, and I'm I'm just kind of putting all these pieces together. Mm -hmm. I had to realize that I treated how I engaged and spent time with God differently than how I engaged with people. Mm. So, and so to think about, okay, introvert versus extrovert, I'm an introvert who gets my energy from being alone, but I also get a lot of energy from a significant, a small group of people who bring life when I'm with them. Mm -hmm. And so for me to sit down with someone and to feel like conversation is forced or I have to carry a conversation, that's Mm. incredibly draining and not restful. But I can be with somebody where conversation flows easily or we just sit in silence and be in each other's presence and that's restful. Mm. And I think I, that there have been times when I've tried to approach God like I need to carry a conversation and I need that to like force so this, mm-hmm. that that was not restful for my soul because that's not how I relate. Oh yeah. But sometimes I need to just sit in the presence of God and maybe yeah. no words need to be spoken. Mm-hmm. And like that's what kickstarts a really good actual conversation. Well, and that goes back to some of the conversation we we're already having where... It, it, it depends on what you bring your mindset to, to the mm-hmm. conversation. Because if you think, oh, I got to go small talk God. Yeah. 98% of people out there don't want to small talk. You know, yeah. like that's not something that gives you life. But if you cultivate a relationship with God, which might start with small talk. Yeah. You might have to just start to like feel each other out and like get to know each other. <clears throat> Sorry, I am struggling with my throat today. But you might have to get to know each other a little bit. And then from that place, you start to build some of the depth. Mm-hmm. where you can just show up and sit in his presence in silence and, and it's, yeah. it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. But you didn't get there just by showing up and sitting in silence. You got there through some of the laborious yeah. work of building a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's so good. For me, one of the struggles I still wrestle with right now is knowing how much prayer is enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Not even as a pastor, as a person. Yeah. Because if I recognize prayer is powerful, if I recognize it's the place by by which I get everything that I need, if I, if I know it's conversation with God, I see pray without ceasing in first Thessalonians. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like (laughs) how much prayer is enough. And and I've come to realize that changes daily. Yeah. Changes weekly. It changes in different seasons. Some, Mm -hmm. some days there are just like, I need hours of prayer. And some days it's okay if I can get by on a couple minutes of just different chunks of time Mm -hmm. and and that, but it's still a question I wrestle with. What do you guys think about that? It's a great question. Yeah. I think that's super good. Um, I think, it could be a goal to like walk in such a way with the spirit that like obedience can be like, how much do I need to pray to? Yeah, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. Just it's not a set time. It's yeah. a faithfulness yeah. thing. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think 
because we could get easily stuck in the rhythm of box checking of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I need totally. to sit down and pray for an hour today. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, every Wednesday I, I go for like a two hour long prayer walk or like, or just every day, you know, mm-hmm. every 15 minutes I'm in prayer, you know, whatever it may be. Um, that that can take away from and like get into the force, the box checking where like, I think you can even walk into situations where it's like, if you even feel like, oh, I feel like I should pray about this, ask God about it. Mm. Like, God, is this something that you want me to pray about? Um, and then like, you're being obedient, like to walk in that. If he calls you to pray for it, then then do it, be obedient to that. Mm-hmm. But then like, you also know, then, all right, is this enough to pray for? Like, mm. um, I'm not setting my time that I have to pray for. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's easy to make the mistake of um, over scheduling our prayer life. Mm-hmm. So, so that can go two ways. Either we set a specific time and that's the only time we give ourselves to pray. And mm-hmm. so there's no other space throughout the rest of our time today to pause when we may need to yeah. or yeah. to reorder our schedule. Or um, we're like, I have to pray for this long. And then maybe one day you don't need two hours. Mm-hmm. So like, how can you adjust and pivot? Yeah. And I found, and we're going to probably get to this later in the, the podcast, but we'll just go there now. I found that if I'm able to set aside the diligent chunks of time to pray, it actually gives me more life to pray spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I set aside 10 minutes to pray in the morning and just dedicate 10 minutes, like, and, and it's a consistent like 10 minutes for me, that actually is the, the anchor that helps my soul to continue to pray in the 30-second chunks throughout the rest of the day. But if I miss mm-hmm. the 10 minutes, I haven't started getting my prayer muscles warmed up. I haven't started this relationship of prayer. I haven't started the dialogue with God. It's like sending the first text. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't start the conversation until you've set the, sent the first text. And all of a sudden you get three fourths of the way through the day and you're like, oh man, I was so busy. I never sent the actual text. Mm-hmm. But if you start with this, this anchor moment that says, I'm going to be a person of prayer today, you lay that down and then you can walk and, re- and you continue that conversation through the day. I do the mm-hmm. same thing at night. I usually spend 15 to 20 minutes every single night before I go to bed praying and I, it's, it's shocking, but if I don't spend that 15 to 20 minutes the night before the next day, it's harder for me to pray. Hmm. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's both. And for me, yeah. I need those chunks where I say, this is set aside time for prayer because if I don't have it, I, I can't, I found yeah. that in my soul. I can't get to the spontaneous place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. What about just feeling overwhelmed by prayer? You guys ever feel over overwhelmed by prayer needs by the idea of talking to God. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I tried once to do like a prayer journal where I just wrote down anything that I wanted to pray for. And yeah. it got so long that then it felt overwhelming and I couldn't look at it. <laughs> totally. That's real though. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you get through that? And like, you just don't write it down. I I haven't used a prayer journal in a while, but <sighs> to maybe even prioritize some things or mm. if mm-hmm. there's a lot of things going on, what's the most pertinent that you can spend time on without giving yourself anxiety. For mm. me, that's what I had to walk through. Yeah, I think two things, going back to what I, I just talked about of like asking if it's something that you should pray for. Yeah. There is a lot, but I also think one of the big things and why things become overwhelming when it comes to prayer is because out of the prayer requests that we want to pray for, we take it on ourselves. Mm. Um, we take it as our responsibility that like, if we don't pray for it, like it's not going to happen. Mm. Mm. Um, like we don't let God it's be almost God. almost a control thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, that we don't want to give up control that like if it doesn't happen, like, oh, it was all my fault. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think one of the things for me that is, I, I commonly feel overwhelmed by prayer 
and, and, and the reason for it is it's because like everything needs prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, you're, like I need prayer. The people in my family need prayer. The people in my community need prayer. The ministry people need prayer. The staff needs prayer. The church, like that list, it never ends. Like yeah. every single person, every single thing needs prayer. For me, I think it's helped me to kind of categorize them mm. and put like different aspects of uh, like my, my calendar or like a note or like my, my, my prayer app on my phone. And I just label like ministry or I'll just label like family. So then I rotate those things. So I know mm. the things that need to get prayed for are getting prayed for, but they're not like, I, it, it's, it's something about the ethereal nature of the, the tasks for me. When I feel that everything needs to get prayed for, but I can't put a name to it, if I don't have it organized or systemized, mm. I, 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 it creates anxiety in me because I don't know if I'm covering everything. And yeah. I can't feel content and peace just knowing that I've been pr- faithful in prayer. But when I've been able to systemize it in some ways or mm. to like organize it and be like, okay, here's the things I feel like I know I'm supposed to pray for and then get it on a piece of paper or in a note or something. And then I can look over a day or a week and say, yep, I prayed for all of these. And then I can have contentment mm-hmm. in my soul in that way. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other things that you guys feel like struggling and just hardship of prayer? Otherwise, we'll jump to the last section. Mm. Let's go. For All it. right. Let's do it. Let's jump to this last section. And really, we just want to talk a little bit about what our prayer routines look like. Um, what is the rhythm for you of of how you pray through a day or through a week through a mm-hmm. season? Um, and we hope that as you listen, that you can just maybe glean a couple of things. Uh, that you don't need to copy our prayer patterns. Mm-hmm. You don't need to change your entire routine if you've, something works for you. But I just find usually learning from other people's experience is one of the best ways to learn. So let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's start with time. When do you guys like to pray? Like time periods wise, what does that look like for you? Go. <laughs> the morning. Yeah? Yep. Um, I always like... But aren't you tired yeah incredibly <laughs> that's what i get people are like oh i'm so tired if i try to pray i just go back to sleep but keep going i cut you off yeah no i think so it is super important to like and I, we'll get to this later but like find a space where you can pray in the morning um but yeah for me my morning routine is like really important for me when it comes to my quiet time mm. so like i love just like every morning getting up sitting on the couch and like looking out the window and just getting to pray. Um, just because like, I feel like already then like my first thoughts have been about God. Mm. Like that's already started my day on the right, like the right track. Um, and then like, of course it just continues to lead my day. It's like, yeah, I've already sent the first text. Like I'm already talking to God that day. And so like throughout the rest of the day, I can continue to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. That's good. Jenna, what about you? What are your opposite? I'm in the evening right before bed. Yeah. Uh, the biggest reason is that my brain functions at like 30% for the first hour and a half that I'm awake. I have to wake up really. You're a slow riser. I'm a slow riser. It's bad. It, it's awful. I'm horrible in the morning. As much as I wish that I wasn't and I try to not be, it just, it, the brain just does not function. Um, but what I found is that if I can be intentional in my prayer before bed, like sleeping isn't like a turn off hmm. moment for hmm. me. Yeah. Like not that like I'm, sometimes I do pray in my sleep in my dreams sometimes I've have had that but oh, yeah. um but it's even though it's before bed and I sleep it's still it's like my day is flip-flopped it's like okay, my day yeah. actually starts like when I go to bed go. <laughs> I sleep and then I wake up yeah. it's weird but it's still the foundation that helps me then through mm. the rest of the day and then I try to be intentional just in little moments whether that's in the car ride with a mm. worship song on or 
when someone says something that I yeah. need to just stop and pray on. Yeah. And I, th- are you going to say something? I was just going to say, well, I used to try and pray before bed and then I'd always fall asleep and then I'd wake <laughs> up the next morning. Sorry, God, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me finish our conversation. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, and for me, it's like, okay, how are you praying before bed? If you're warm under your comforter, yeah, that oh, was yeah, me. No, Tuck, no, tucked no, in, no. fan on, light, lights off. You're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to pray yeah, now. It's like, me. no, you're not. No, you're, you're not, not tricking nobody. God is not fooled by the fact that your eyes are closed. <laughs> yep. You nah. know, you're, you're dreaming. You just called it prayer. You there know? you go. I, I used to do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to pray now. And it's like, oh, it, it feels really nice in this bed. Anyways. <laughs> For, for me, another thing that I add is I schedule times throughout my week of mm-hmm. set prayer. So mm-hmm. like for me, I have an hour or two a week for ministry prayer that I actually put in my calendar. I have like Friday mornings, I pray over our home. So that's set aside in my calendar uh, or like uh, connection cards Monday afternoons. I put that in my calendar and those things like you can do this even though you're not in ministry, mm-hmm. just putting in chunks of time where maybe it's 15 minutes morning, afternoon, night, where you'll just set it in the calendar. Because for me, if it's in my calendar, I'm going to do it. But if it just becomes a, I want, I want to do those things, oftentimes they fall by the wayside. Yeah. I like what Jana said, though. Uh, for me, car rides have been really impactful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to always just listen to music, but I found that music wasn't always the thing I needed. Mm-hmm. It was what I, it, it was what I liked, but it wasn't what I needed. And mm-hmm. prayer became the thing I needed. And so just in the space of your car, you can pray out loud. You can pray silently. You just turn the music off, turn the radio off, disconnect the phone, and just pray. Just ask yeah. God, pray over the things you see, pray over the, the the places you're coming from, the places you're going to. I'm a walking prayer. Oh, yeah. I do not pray well sitting. <laughs> like, if I have to pray for an extended period of time, I have to be on the move. Mm. I have to be. Like, just sitting is so distracting for me. <laughs> I'll think about my, how my body feels. I'll think about all my thoughts. Like, But if I'm walking, the movement of my body actually helps the the prayers flow better for me. So. I just get distracted by everything going on around me when I'm walking. See, and I, I don't. I don't <laughs> know. If I'm out other... in a public place, I'm like, oh, there's a person doing this. It's the other dogs way around over there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but shorter moments throughout the day, but longer moments in the week, mm-hmm. just kind of these anchors and these in and outs. That's great. Let, you want to say something? Yeah. Also, like, I found a love also for walking. This is what you and I used yeah, to do a yeah, whole yeah. bunch oh, last yeah. year. And it's like anytime we'd go for a prayer walk, I'd go pray for an hour. And then by the time I'd like finish my lap or like be done, it's like, dude, I still got so much more to pray for. <laughs> where it's like in time, in moments where I like, I'd sit down and, and like want to pray. And it's like, oh, can I be done yet? It's <laughs> like the, the set times are like, I'm going to pray for 20 minutes. And then it's the longest 20 minutes of my life. Yeah. But then I go and I like walk around campus or walk around town mm-hmm. for like an hour and pray. And then I get done and it's like, oh, it's been an hour and I want to go pray yeah. for yeah, another hour. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I talked to someone about this last week, and I, I think it was just, it helped me a lot in my art, own articulation of the idea. A couple of weeks ago, I had my midterms for school, and I had to write an 18-page paper. When I saw that, I about died. Like, I was so sad. Midterms, I had to do all my normal work, now I had to write yeah. this huge paper. But as I looked at the rubric, I actually saw that it was nine mini-papers. It was nine two-page papers that made one 18-page paper. So each paper had like a, a, a major heading you had to hit, and you had to write two pages about it. And I, and I bring that concept now to talk about prayer, or these longer moments. Some people think, and they sit back and they think, you prayed for an hour? How did you pray for an hour? Or like, you prayed for 20 minutes? How, how? I can't even pray for two minutes. And they're like, how do you pray for 20 minutes? But if you think about it not as 20 minutes, but as 10 mini prayers, like could you write down family members' names, and then you maybe you have five family members you write down. Could you pray for each of them for five minutes or for a minute? 
Yeah, you probably could. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden you've got five minutes of prayer right there with your family. You write down some friends' names. You write down some of your activities that you're in. You write down some of the the struggles you're going through. You write down some things you're great grateful for, and you now have a list of twenty or thirty things. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I could pray for a minute on each of these. Yeah. And so we we make this huge lofty goal, or we think about this giant prayer task, like just this empty void in our calendar mm -hmm. we're trying to fill. But if we we recognize there's little prayers to pray in those that will stack exponentially to make this prayer time. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Super good. Let's talk about places. Let's go there real mm -hmm. quick. Why, why, where do you guys like to play? I, I said that whole, <laughs> why, why, <laughs> where do you like to pray? Um, I'm a big sucker for space. Um, and so I'm heavily influenced by just what's around me. Mm. Um, so that's why, like, I love going on walks and, like, praying throughout campus. Like, I, I was a sucker for Cottonwood until Cool Beans got their new space. And so, like, I'm a hardcore Cool Beans now because I realized their coffee was better. But, like, they're huge windows. Like, oh, yeah. I need big windows. But, like, to me, that space is inspiring. Mm. Um, and, like... I think you can make the argument for spaces like you look at all the giant corporate offices now of like you think of the headquarters of like Apple, Google, like YouTube, all that. Mm -hmm. They're redesigning their headquarters for space, for collaboration and like for inspiration. So mm -hmm. it's like that's spaces where we want to be that like should inspire us to pray or like inspire us to think and all that. So, yeah. And like I, I've read Elon Musk's biography lately and. There was the crazy, he talks about SpaceX and uh, Tesla, how the headquarters on the inside, everything is white. Mm -hmm. Like all the walls are I white, all that. the ceiling is white, all the furniture is white. And he wanted that to be one, to show their sleekness as a company, their their skill as a company. But he also wanted it to be a blank canvas in which they could create and mm -hmm. think clearly. Yep. Mm -hmm. When if you have pictures on the wall or different things, he found those distracting. So he just removed all distractions. It's yep. like everything's just going to be white. <laughs> but like space, it matters. Mm -hmm. yep. It does. What about you? Do you have any thoughts on space? I am very easily distracted. So my ideal space is our chapel mm. because there's nothing in there. There's just stained glass windows. They're super high, so you can't see out, so you can't get distracted by birds or animals or people. <laughs> and it's pretty quiet in And there. it's quiet. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's like my house. I can make it work, but if it's like I'll think of like, oh, I forgot to like put this away or I have to put that away. Yep. Like I'll get distracted. Going on a walk is not the best for me so i'm i'm like the opposite of dylan i need pretty much just an empty room yeah yeah we're like i them. can't pray in my bedroom i can't because i can't I have pray my, in my house it feels like half yeah. the time yeah because i have my desk in there so it's easy enough just for me to sit down on my desk and like mm -hmm. do something Start else stuff. Yeah. yeah or like lay down and like lay on my phone or like take mm -hmm. a nap or mm -hmm. like we're like that is really hard where it's like you think like oh yeah you can pray in your bed. like no because of like space mm -hmm. that's really hard for me well in yeah. your brain they've, they've looked at how it's hardwired to space so mm -hmm. they've talked about so one of the struggles of people now working remote is they have this mixed line of space between that which is life and that which is work so your brain doesn't know what's what's work and what's mm -hmm. life because at mm -hmm. the kitchen table you eat with your family but at the kitchen table you also do work throughout the day yeah and so yeah. those two mix and your brain doesn't know how to filter those two things out and the same is true for prayer so you lay in your bed and you're like oh this is where i sleep but you're trying to make mm -hmm. that a place of prayer or you sit on your couch and this is where you watch tv but you're trying to make that a place of prayer and, and your brain is confused mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like this is actually not what we do at this space this isn't what yeah. we do it here so for me 
yeah, the, the home has been hardest, but I've had to cre- create space within my home that has made yeah. for prayer. Mm-hmm. So when I pray before I go to bed at night, I do it right in front of my couch on the floor and I just do it on my knees. And the reason I get on my knees in that space is one, because I think it's a nice posture of reverence, but it also stops me from falling asleep. It's hard to fall asleep when you're on your knees, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm tired, yeah. I'm sleepy, and I need that extra, like, or like I create that space so that it's like just a pillow right in the middle of my mm-hmm. living room at half the times when we wake up in the morning because yeah. that's where I was praying the night before. Uh, or like walking around the worship center, like yeah. imagining or praying in the space where I know consistently I've met with God and other people meet with mm-hmm. God. That's powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you, it might be nature, mm-hmm. you know, walking around yeah. the nature park or walking out, taking an outside walk might be something that helps you to glorify God and pray better or getting outside of your dorm room, getting outside of your apartment, like finding another space. The chapel here, usually between eight to five, Monday through Friday, you could come in and check in at the front office and use the chapel to pray. Mm-hmm. Like it's a space that we would want you to be able to use if you want. So feel free to come and check in at the front desk and, and let that happen. But mm-hmm. space is so important. Yep. Let's do people. Yeah. How do you balance praying for yourself and others, praying privately and communally? What's that whole like for you guys? I really love your just explanation of having categories and jotting things down. Usually if I sit down for like an extended period of prayer, I'll jot down some specific things and I try to look and see, okay, like how much of this is me, how much is for others, how much Mm. is just to glorify God and try to find a a good balance in that. Sometimes it leans more towards one or the other, depending on circumstances. Totally. Um, but I try to just be aware of what what are those things that mm-hmm. I'm praying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is a balanced thing. Mm-hmm. And that the scales will tip in different seasons yeah. depending on different days. Like there's might be a day you have a really hard day or you have mm-hmm. a really great day and so you're praying for yourself more. But you also should be praying for others. Yeah. And that's where the balance comes in. Or we see some people who they pray so much for others, they forget their own needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're all about outpouring, but they never have this input of praying for their own needs. And they get to this place of depletion where they, they've prayed so much for others, but they have nothing left to give. Mm-hmm. And that's where the balance comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think like there's been some times where like I know where like I'm going to enter into like a time of prayer mm. where it's like I got an hour, like I want to like just sit down and pray. We're like, I'll just like text my friends out of the blue, like, hey, just how can we be praying for yeah. you? Yeah, that's good. Like, not only is that like good for you, like as an opportunity to pray for them, but like that also might be really encouraging for them. Mm-hmm. And then they're also mm-hmm. like getting prayer as well. Yeah. And that's good. I think there's a balance also in the fact of how much we pray privately versus how much we pray communally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And currently the Protestant church, at least some Protestant churches, like Grace Point, we, we, I wrestle every once in a while with how often we do we lead our people in communal prayer. You know, when you look at liturgy and some of the older mm-hmm. older practices of more uh, traditional churches, they have these moments of public communal prayer where they either do uh, what, there's a fancier language for it, but it's like ask and repeat or mm-hmm. like a response. What is it? What's the speak and response where the pastor will say something and the congregation yeah. speaks back. And there's these moments of corporate prayer that, function really well within the liturgical setting that we don't always have in our contemporary settings. So like our venue host moment is probably when we get closest to leading into a a communal prayer moment, but we need to have those, whether it's you and your roommates, you and your family, you and your friends, like you should have those communal moments where you pray together, you and your small group, as well as that private moment. Because if you have one, if you have too much of one or or none of the other, then it's, it's an off balance Mm -hmm. and and the prayer life needs to to balance between the Mm -hmm. two. Lastly, let's jump yeah. into just practices. What are some practices you would encourage people in because they've been fruitful for you? Mm-hmm. Kind of rally through some of them quick. Um, I always enjoy praying through scripture. Um, Psalm 1, I love Psalm 1. 
um, praying through that Ephesians three prayer. I absolutely love, Mm -hmm. um, or Matthew six, um, Lord's prayer. Super good. Yeah. There's tons of other ones too. Oh yeah. But yeah, just praying through scripture. That's good. Yeah. I would agree. Sometimes I struggle to form words. So I like Mm -hmm. when others give me words to pray. So whether that is through the scripture or using historical or written prayers, um, you can find those all over the place, especially if you look into liturgical, um, into liturgies. Um, but even sometimes I like praying through song lyrics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So praying like, like reading them or hearing them and praying them both. Okay. Yeah. That's one of been my, one of my favorite practices in the corporate setting lately mm-hmm. is I'll take little chunks of moments throughout songs to just stop singing and start praying. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then I'm praying through the words that we're singing as a congregation. And yeah. that's been really powerful for yeah. me. Agreed. Otherwise, journaling for me has been uh, a really powerful practice of prayer. And my journaling practice is not just me writing out my own thoughts. I make it a prayer practice. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying, hey, like, instead of just writing that, like, I feel anxious, it's like, hey, God, I feel anxious. Would you give me peace? Like, Mm -hmm. though, that slight shift in the fact of it's not just me pouring out ideas, but it's me giving ideas to the Father. Mm -hmm. And that's really helped my -hmm. prayer life just in the mornings even. Yeah. Other things? Use your resources. Um, so you could use like prayer cards or sticky notes or um, even there's lots of different prayer apps yeah, that you could Google use it. that remind mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah, put reminders in your phone. I do that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. For put reminders things. in my phone all the time. Anytime yeah. I can get my phone to think for me, I'm trying oh, to yeah. do that. Yeah, me and my buddies have a shared notes app that oh, we put go. our prayer requests in. So that anytime if we feel like praying, we can always go check. And then we also have a list of like we can see what's what prayers have been answered as well, That's mm-hmm. cool. which is really cool. Yeah. Otherwise, the only other thing that I'm thinking of, and you guys can feel free to throw another one in there too, is sometimes it's been helpful for me to just Google prayers for blank. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's yeah. something I'm wrestling with and I just don't feel like I have language for it, so it's like prayers for financial worry. Just Google that. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. And then usually there's an aspect of it. And sometimes you got to be careful, just like with anything when you Google but chances are there's going to be something out there that's a written prayer that you can just join in praying alongside the mm-hmm. written prayer or a listened prayer. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. things can be really helpful. Anything else? Super good. I don't know if I have any other ones. Nope. Cool. Get out there and pray, people. And to finish, <laughs> I'd love to just pray for you. Let's pray. That's it. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for just the the relational connection we have to you that comes through prayer, uh, that we just have this confidence that we can approach you, God, this this confidence and this freedom to, to come to a Heavenly Father who is for us and who loves us. And so would you hear the prayers of your people as they go out and pray? Would you help us by your spirit to just be people of prayer, to let our lives be marked by that? And we pray that all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Peace out. See ya. Bye.